Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, and today we have a full house. Uh, we have Gregor Samza. We have Seth Brundle. We have Carl Sagan. We have actually, it's just the regular co-host. <laughs> Hi, the, uh, I, I'm in the bottom of a well. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> if you how's, wish how's to make a podcast, you <laughs> will need several microphones and billions and billions of takes. <laughs> you must start the universe from scratch <laughs> um which seems actually appropriate for this uh discussion we are going to be discussing mm. uh the uh 2006 novella by charles strauss missile gap um and uh this was a uh, a request that we read this from none other than our resident uh podsider podsider in residence you're you're in a residence, right, Pete? Yeah, I'm a poor yes. <laughs> Our co founder. Um, co founder. Oh no, I need I need to make a, an email to the co founder. Um, <laughs> in, nice. in any case <laughs> uh in any case, uh Pete, why don't you walk us through a little bit why you wanted to talk about uh this story in particular? Okay. Uh so for starters I, uh, they, as you know, there are certain authors that I have a tendency to fixate on. You know, we all know we've got a short list like Walter John Williams, Roger Zelazny. There's authors that really connect with me. And, um, our, our good buddy, Charles Strauss is definitely one of them. Um, maybe not to the same extent as Williams. I don't have any Strauss themed tattoos at the moment, but, um, uh, hmm. I, I, his, his longevity as as a creator, like uh, you know, the Gith Yankee and the Gith Zarai and Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. th those were his. Oh. Um, so I mean, he's he's he started out like just as a like doing modules and stuff for D and D, um, and it does fantasy, and well, it I guess we could argue whether the 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 family trade series is is fantasy, but he also likes to mix the fantastic with hard science. Mm. And that that sort of feels like a fun, like proto weird fiction to me. I, mm -hmm. I like where he goes with it. And he like really he really tries to consistently follow the rules of his world. As, and that that holds a lot of a lot of appeal. Mm. And also this was about the shortest thing I could think of that we could read that really kind of showcased what he was like. Mm. I will acknowledge that it was by no means short, but I mean, I, at least I didn't hand you a novel. <laughs> mm. It's true. But it, uh, also it, it's true. If I remember correctly, he was a pharmacist before he was a professional writer. I, I think that, right. Am I thinking of the right guy? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, I found that as somebody who started out in a in a pharmacy program, I, I always found that an interesting factoid about him. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't know that until you said it. But oh. yes, yes, that that turns out to be true. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's also he's also a good Twitter follow. That's hardly the most important thing here. But um, I I like um uk lefties actually mm. i sh i apologize he is he is a scottish lefty <laughs> oh yeah i don't like like the i best, just fucked the best up kind <laughs> yes well you know i was i was going to share a link of of this to him but now i can't because i just i just fucking called him english <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I i don't know i like the guy yeah 
You know, right. if you know if you if you like Scottish lefties, I have an author you might like. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> oh well, well, this is just me bringing up Ian M. Banks for the eight hundredth time. But. Yes. <laughs> oh, what? What you like Ian M. Banks? Uh, yeah, a little Kirk bit. Or? I've I've been known to. I've been known. I've been known to. You've but been I, to, to write to write like uh, <laughs> like about seven thousand words of Ian Banks. That's the only so, number of words I know how to write. Unfortunately, I, I have a suggestion about Ian Banks. You know how we have, um, and I'm just going off the rails here. Fuck it. Uh, we we've got we've got a year of Gene Wolf. Mm. Uh, Ian Banks could write a year. Ooh. I would I would definitely I'm, do that. Oh, that would be. I would really like that. Yeah, and what's yeah, nice uh, is what's what's nice about that pitch, by the way, is that his his books all stand alone. At least all the culture novels they they interconnect, but there's no real continuity between them. And so you could pick any starting and end, any stopping place. You could you could pick whatever ones you know seemed seemed relevant there's no necessary there's no need to start with number one and read to number whatever like it can mm-hmm. be you oh know. you know that's an advantage i didn't think of the advantage i thought of is it was going to shut you up till january <laughs> <laughs> well it also you, you also wouldn't be waiting for me to do the reading because i've read all of his books already <laughs> Fair. i wouldn't be like wait guys i need to delay 10 minutes so i could read the last three pages of this gene wolf's chapter <laughs> anyway <laughs> Can can I can I drop a little more knowledge about uh, Strauss if that's okay? Please do. Um, Please. I didn't so, realize he went back as far as he did, so this is fascinating for me. One of the things that's interesting about him to me is that he shares a lot of political ideals with uh, your favorite literary communist and mine, Cory Doctorow. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things they're very known for is uh, releasing books without DRM. Uh, donating their books to uh, uh, whatever you call it, the the Gutenberg project, that sort of thing, where where you find the idea of that like information should be free mm-hmm. and and technology, like both of those guys really have their feet on the ground, and it, it's 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 one of the things that appeals to me about uh, Charlie. I do uh, I do sometimes think that 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 focus is a little bit naive because like we have bigger problems, but mm. I mean, God damn it. We need some more naivete. Like we're getting yeah. so cynical. It, it does. Uh, it, it does feel a bit like fighting the last war. And in this case, a war, which was thoroughly lost, but I still mm. respect it. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> like at this point, DRM is, is intrinsic to the internet, but Hey, you know, I, I, I still, I still respect that. I still respect that commitment to the old, like the old kind of uh, like the, the good kind of libertarian nerdery, mm. if, if you will, instead yeah. of the weird cryptocurrency NFT uh, kind. So I don't always yeah. agree with them in the particulars, but but uh, y- you know, much like the well, juggalos, I'm happy to die fighting alongside them. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's there's a lot of people, so it's good to have people who are uh, you know diversified and uh, not necessarily all going the same way. So. Well, yeah, mm. and you know, when, when normally when people talk about a big tent, what they're talking about is giving up what's important to you and eating a mm-hmm. you know a big turd so that you know somebody you <laughs> loathe can take power for a while. <laughs> But but I mean, there is a big tent that includes like there's a lot of good causes out there and allying with those good causes, I think, is worthy. Mm-hmm. And this has nothing to do with anything, does it? I, I'm only on beer, too, I swear. No, no, <laughs> it's I think I think it's a good it's a good uh, it's it's a background that I didn't have in who Strauss was. And so I think for any listener that like me wasn't really that familiar with Strauss, it's it's probably hopefully will lend a little bit of context to the conversation, much like it has for me. So in your oh. defense, I think it was an essential, probably an essential part of of who he is as a writer. And so it reflects on, you know, how he approaches the work. I I do have one more thing. Um I failed. Okay, Mr. Columbo. Strauss. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Well, this probably is the most Columbo thing. I failed, Mr. Strauss, because um, I emailed him and was like, hey, you know, we should I would really love to do an interview with you. Da 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 da. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Here's my email address. Da 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 da. And like I get I get done with that email. I turn around to uh, to 
Well, I mean, the long and the short of it is um, I, I ended up having like a severe relationship crash followed by going to the hospital immediately after talking to him. And I never picked it back up. You, oh. you know, you, you know, the way to fix that is is to just reply to the last message and go, hey, if you're still interested in this, I'd love to still do it and just see what happens. <laughs> you know, that's exactly that, right. That works with dating, too. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about missile gaps. I want to yes. talk about this novel. Let, 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 let's put let's Ella. put the uh, let's put the record on the turntable, if you will. The golden Excellent. record. <laughs> oh, I get <getcha. laughs> yeah, yeah, it took me a second. I'm, I'm, I've caught up. Yep. All right. So, um, so this uh, starts. It sort of starts off, uh, sort of mysteriously. Like you, we get a Gregor uh, character who eventually becomes. We become aware that it's Gregor Samsa. Hi, mm-hmm. he he isn't awaking from uh, uncertain dreams. He's actually doing something out in the world. But he's uh, uh, he's he's he's, uh, he's doing a spy thing, man. Like he's he's like literally out there feeding pigeons in the park. And- yeah, well, yeah. So, so uh, let me ask you this, Pete, because uh, between this and a colder war, um, is. Does Strauss really just love that era, like that Cold War era type of story, or is this just He's, simply we 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 pick the two that he that that he wrote? Well, I mean, probably what he's most famous for is the Laundry, which co- combines 007 um, government bur- bureaucracy and the Cthulhu mythos. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, I think he's very interested in the in where where policy meets the fantastic, just because it's an interesting toy. Um, can I? Can I? Well, you know what? I'll, I was going to make a comment about the pigeons, but I'll I'll mention it later. Yeah, there, there's an interesting dimension to the use of government agencies and that that kind of like Cold War paranoia and hierarchy and the, the kind of use of like spy mechanisms in this i didn't always find it especially satisfying because i think that the novel is more interested in using the kind of structures and cliches of it less so than what i enjoy which is kind of the atmosphere that that kind of you know that particular like john le carre type type style of this kind of like oppressive ominous hopelessness um which which the 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 novella isn't especially interested in. I think it's more interested in like the idea of spies and in trying to be spy fiction per se. But that that was super. Um, that was definitely super prominent. Uh, right, right from the beginning. Which, which, and I, I did, I did appreciate grounding it in that. Um, have any of you uh read the blog? Um, I think it's called Restricted Data. It's about know, like it's about familiar, like but, the but secrecy no. hierarchy of the uh, atomic bomb and subsequent like nuclear weapons. Oh, programs. okay. Then I have poked around, but I, it's not something I follow like religiously. If but, if you yes. like, go go. Sorry, go go ahead. No, no. I, I was just gonna. Um, uh, maybe you won't, maybe finish your thought because I was gonna go off. Uh, I was gonna piggy, piggyback off your previous oh. comment. I was going to say, if if you like all the kind of entangled secrecy and like references to different programs and and weird, you know, acronyms that people are like, you know, there, there's a meeting between 10 people and three of them are on a different security clearance. So they're all kind of like winking and nodding at each other across <laughs> the table. Um, definitely check out that that blog because it's got a lot of stuff like that, I- including mm. I- including. Uh, the possibly true rumor that that no spherical objects were allowed in uh, the uh, the uh, Los Alamos labs um, <laughs> because they they were worried that someone would accidentally f- figure out that that was the shape of like the like the nuclear core. <laughs> so so <laughs> it's it, it, if I may tangent off of that, uh, uh, Kurt, I, I went I, I was on a panel regarding like uh you know using different ways of using magic and presenting magic in fiction and i used that precise example as a way of how you could make even a technological uh sort of setting feel 
magical because that's essentially it's it's a correspondence it's almost like correspondence magic right the the shape will make someone think exactly. of the actual thing yeah uh, hmm. Anyway, uh, what I was going to say before is um, regarding uh, the 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 use of spies and like the Cold War aesthetic in this story. Uh, I think you hit it right on the head because honestly, the only now that I think about it, the the, the reason that you have uh, basically you know Gregor and later on uh, a, a certain Seth Brundle mm-hmm. uh, along <laughs> with some other um, some other higher ups that are supposed to be from the CIA and whatnot is essentially because they have they, they're privy to classified knowledge about mm-hmm. what is actually what the fuck is actually going on here and it, it's it's yeah, there is a long sequence that then sort of pulls the curtain back. But is it really what's going on here, or is it also some weird variation on it? Uh, who knows? Because later on, we find out that uh, that maybe maybe that's not entirely true. Uh, as as with a lot of classified information, um, if you leave out certain key things, uh, you can still you know provide certain ideas, but withhold the actual classified uh stuff mm. anyway um so it's the 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 whole world in 1979 ish right i think uh finds themselves transported from the spherical earth to having all their continents spaced out on a disc in space millions and hundreds of millions of miles away 1962 More- 62 yes. okay it's immediately after uh gagarin's first space flight basically yeah. the, the well, cuban- but, but the cuban missile crisis was what that was later though i thought no oh okay no yeah uh i was i was i was born in 1970 and the cuban missile crisis happened before that right so you're not hmm. to blame no no it's, it was <laughs> the, the cuban missile crisis was in october 1962 yeah uh, it's, okay. it's referenced in the story as well hmm. yeah they, uh, they they happen more or less like at like almost like one after another is what it seems like um like there's there's the space flight there's cuban there's the cuban missile crisis and then there's there's this 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 great great rearranging um how did you guys find the presentation of of the the big idea of this story because i i honestly had a couple nitpicks and and complaints about the the way that it was that it was like teased out i think i'm gonna have to recuse on this because this (laughs) is like it's like my fourth reread so like what what the hell do i know about its readability (laughs) well it's it's not so much the readability that i was i was going to criticize but 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 uh chris please continue yeah, I think it took probably longer than than Strauss was intending for me to figure out exactly like what where they are, because um, like I I don't think it, he makes it. They they kind of talk around it f- for a while, like without fully engaging about like we're on a disc kind of stuff. Um, rather, you know, is that is that what you're getting at? Yes and no. So I I liked that they were talking around it. Honestly, um, I I don't mind that aspect of like it, it, the the story indicates very early on. It drops some major hints that something has changed. There's some weird thing about like the excuse me the arrangement of the continents are different. There's maybe like a new continent, and it's 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 vague initially about about what is going on. My issue was that when the big reveal comes, it's literally just like an info dump for like mm. a couple pages of basically mm-hmm. like narration uh from a you know like a, like a film reel and i i just found that very unsatisfying and it made me feel like concealing it was pointless um because it wasn't to 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 the point of what i originally said it wasn't really teased out so that you could learn it it was like oh we're not going to tell you for a little bit but then rather than it becoming clear we're just going to say, oh, here's the Wikipedia entry on it, uh, essentially. Well, so so to your point, uh, Kurt, it's not even really I didn't feel like I was reading a Wikipedia entry. It felt like do you remember the, the 2014 um, Godzilla mm-hmm. 
where no, they use the opening. I, I remember the existence of it. I didn't see it. <laughs> the opening credits are essentially what I imagined because the the style of I'm not going to say it, it completely changes because there is like this weird. Um, it's almost frenetically cut. It, it cuts away at these moments that um, that feel like it's just about to reveal something and then nope, nope next you know next mm-hmm. chapter or whatever and so uh for me the fact that it changes up and it's essentially it's trying to describe like you said a film reel like a yeah. series of film reels or microfiches being shown on a screen it's trying to be like a movie in written format and it, it, it sort of didn't exactly it almost push me out of it yes exactly it, I, I gotta admit i think that that would work really well as a movie, because you could do like the 60s film, you know, today on the shores of Cuba, American soldiers have landed, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, like you, you could do that kind of like hokey film reel style and it would really come across. And I knew what it was going for, but mm-hmm. the the uh, the experience of, of, of reading it didn't didn't do anything for me. And that, that was yeah. that was honestly my major criticism of the story. Most of the like I loved the concept. I, I, I just I just didn't like that one particular part of it. You, 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 you forgot the for, for realism, you could have in, included like, <laughs> and then like, there's a tech fiddling with the, with the projector. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I found it to be a little bit, uh, it, it felt like it, it changed gears in a way that didn't feel, uh, like in the same vein as the rest of the yeah. as what had come before, and and, and, yeah. and unlike the cutaways that Wolf does, it felt like it hadn't built up enough of what it what it actually was to cut away. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like like with with a Gene Wolf novel, there's been all these cutaway. You know, there's there was basically that that like ancient Greek novella, uh, ancient Greek sci-fi mashup novella, um, <laughs> like in in the middle of uh claw of the conciliator but like i i knew what it was coming back to and i didn't know what this was coming back to yet and i was like oh is this is this going to be like like, like a cross-media mashup thing or is it is it coming back to this and and it it does come back i i just felt like it it was a little too early in the story to, to well so here's here's my pitch here what if larry niven was smart and had good politics. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I think um what what I like about Char- Charlie and uh, by the way, I'm not using a term of personal endearment. He goes by Charlie. Um uh, just putting that out there. So no, Pete, Pete's over here. Pete's over here trying to brown nose him. Yeah, it's like my buddy Strauss. <laughs> hey man, he's trying, to, he's trying to get the interview pipes. back together. Yeah, <laughs> work that's with fair, me, that's you fair. son of a bitch. <laughs> you're, you're right. Actually, I'm, I'm, I, I should actually be working with you. Uh, yes, Mister <laughs> Mister Charlie. Hello. Yes. <laughs> that, that would actually uh, it, it might uh, attract more people to the to the podcast. Who knows? Uh, but go ahead, Pete. I'm sorry. Well, so. I I think his writing style has more success the the longer the book is because he is he's a writer of big ideas like it's not so much that he's trying to sell us tell a story but he's built this cool thing yeah, and then he wraps totally. a story around it and mm-hmm. so like like with this it's a novella so it's like he has this cool thing and like you got to admit this thing is pretty fucking cool it's really cool and it's very well considered i appreciated how well considered it was i am not a science smart person um, you know, I'm like a word smart person, but I've never been really, really a science smart person. I like the aesthetics of science a lot. I like going to the planetarium and everything glowing blue and stuff and seeing the stuff that looks like science things. And I know a fair bit about like science trivia, but I, I'm not really a science guy. And I appreciate that Strauss has a bit more of a science mind. And, and I was picking up on that when he was like, Oh yeah, like he's, he's actually thought about what the consequences of the world being spread out onto a giant disc would be. And like, how would Carl Sagan? You know who's a character in this? How would he talk about this? What would the consequences be? I loved all that. Yeah, so I, I, I very much was vibing with that. And like once it got to that, I was like, yeah, okay, this is this is pretty cool. So, 
So, so Pete, how do you feel uh, about bringing us to a um, a scientifically rigorous uh, flat Earth uh, theory? Um, how does how does that make you feel? Well, I <laughs> I feel like um, Frank owes me, and he needs to up his Patreon. Yeah, but there there aren't any ancient trees in this. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, or ice walls or whatever. (laughs) I do. I do want to tie it back right to what Kurt said, because this is such a perfect example, is that if if you take the globe and you lay it flat, uh, most of Europe is going to pull well away. And as a result of from like from like England and the States, and as a result, uh, that's going to have a wild effect on geopolitics. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but also just the plain fact that you can't just uh, fire rockets. Uh, the 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 entire mass of the disc would be working against the trajectory of, say, an ICBM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, or a satellite. And so this this confused me initially, though, um, until it's laid out more precisely. Is the the they make the point that gravity doesn't uh, lessen. As you get farther away from the disk, the way it would uh, on on our planet. And at first, I thought the story was saying that that was something fundamental to disks. And I was like, that doesn't really make any sense. But no, it's <laughs> it's it's not. It's it's that's just how the disk is. Like it just is that way, and they can't explain it. And it's mm-hmm. just it shouldn't be that way. Even huh. if you had a disk that that was that big. Gravity shouldn't behave that way. And so the fact it did is like, well, this is kind of fucked up. Like, why is it doing this? And that's why Carl Sagan is like, we're we're dealing with people that seem so far beyond, us. you know, like, uh, <laughs> like, like they're, they're just like physics. Fuck that. Who cares about physics? We're just going to make a big disc and it's going to do what we want. <laughs> yeah. And, and exactly right. Because he makes the point that. technically a disc shouldn't that uh, of the mass that they it appears to be shouldn't even exist because otherwise it should be all pulling itself in together and making a black hole or something like that Mm -hmm. or it should collapse in because of the 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 mass it has yeah um so uh what was i gonna say so instead of having say a like you mentioned earlier pete instead of having say a ring world we end up having a disc world, if you will. Oh! oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I think, um, yeah, like one of the one of the interesting things here is, in fact, the slow revelation. Like I found the the fact that they had to feed. Um, both literally and uh, figuratively, uh, uh, Sagan, some just <laughs> enough information, um, to for him to sort of like puzzle it out a little bit before, um, well, you know, they needed to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, Granny Weatherwax is three billion termites in a trench coat. The, I, I would believe this. I would believe this. <laughs> Um, so, so, so we're talking about like Sagan and we're talking about Grieger Samsa and, and, uh, the Brundle, um, and, uh, and we've mentioned Yuri Gagarin. So let's real quick. There's, there's basically four, I think there's, I think four plot threads or groups of characters that we encounter. There's, there's Yuri Gagarin and a bunch of Soviets who are in an Ikranoplan. Yay, Ikranoplan. I love I love Ikranoplans. You can what tell is, that this what was is... written in, in 2006 because they were real big on the internet then. <laughs> and Ikranoplan is uh is basically a plane that can only fly a few feet above water. Um it, mm, it works okay. not like a hovercraft, but by ground effect. It's essentially by kind of uh it's its downforce pushes it up above the water provided it goes very fast and so it's it's like a plane without wings and lots and lots of rockets and it can go ridiculously fast because it doesn't touch the ground and it kind of like just kind of like skates along essentially um so they build a giant one of these things so that the soviets can explore 
the, this giant disc and and find other things to to communize. Uh, and I really appreciated how they were like, clearly the brother space communists did this. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I appreciated that little piece of uh, Posadism. That was great. I enjoyed that. Uh, and they're, they're just kind of one, one thread in this. The, a, another thread is Carl Sagan and a couple other scientists. And I think Samsa and Brundle are kind of puzzling things out within the US government of like, how are we approaching this as like a military science complex? Then there's Samsa and Brundle who are kind of doing their own, their, their own thing, like having kind of side conversations at another level of secrecy that, that shifts between being you know, a, a purely U.S. government terrestrial one into being a far more confounding variety of, of secrecy. And then lastly, there's what kind of feels like, I would say a fifth wheel, although technically it's a fourth wheel, which is actually kind of useful. Uh, <laughs> there's basically like a group of, um, I, I guess they're colonists. Yeah, uh, like settlers, yeah. Yeah, settlers, yeah, yeah, who who are, are setting out for a new mysterious landmass and it's it's like a husband and wife i think it's a husband and wife mm -hmm. and then um and and an entomologist who has been drafted to do like scientific surveys uh and they're setting out for this new unknown landmass i found their story the least compelling and um it i think it was important in that it it gave it gave a bit more human structure and like human human interaction to it but it, it, it apart from one or two big things it felt pretty disconnected although it, it was it was neat to get that kind of ground level experience of like what it was like for an individual to see all this uh going well, on well i mean they do they do then um they do bring it to bring it all together yes to with extent. a with a sand with, king with the essentially yes Wait, is that is that the uh, the the germ? Yes, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> germ writing about worms. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I didn't find the Maddie and Joe or whatever his name was uh, particularly exciting, or or like I don't know. It felt very. Um, it felt very stereotypical fifties type of like you're the you're the queen of the house and now yeah. you'll be able to and you're like what it, it mm. felt like one of those shorts that uh, riff tracks makes fun of you know yeah, yeah. Uh, well uh, I think uh, Kurt you, you kind of mentioned this but I I think I appreciated those sections for um, th the view onto like. You, you know, like people, th these are actual people living this. They're not, not everybody's a spy or a military guy or a scientist. Like, uh, although John, the, the one character is a scientist, but they're just like people just trying to scrape by, you know, in this like highly unusual circumstances. And I, I think that kind of view is, was, is, is good to have in, in this kind of story. Yeah. I, I almost felt like, um, like, they would have worked as a standalone um, mm. story about like settlers on a new uh, continent. And I, I'd have liked the story better without him, even though I like the idea of the settling thing going on. Yeah. Like I, I like if they did just mentioned, it's like, what it's one of the few examples of a situation where, uh, where Strauss, outlined something and demonstrated it happened where I wished he didn't. And I wish he had just <laughs> gone to exposition. Mm. <laughs> well, I, 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 I found that to be like, uh, to be honest with you, Pete, I, I think that that was like his, uh, his like fail safe, you know, it's like hit the button. Joe and Maddie find the termites and they somehow <laughs> communicate. And, and then, you know, just in case he didn't get all the other stuff, you know, mm. it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and those sections, uh, gave me really big, um, phase four vibes. Oh uh, yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. reference, dude. Uh, th th that movie mm. was that really, I love that movie and uh, this does the, a similar thing but from a much more <laughs> macro yeah. view obviously but yeah with the blue exactly. Brother, they, don't, they don't even let me fuck the ants well actually <laughs> <laughs> Um, Go ahead and stick your stick your dick into that. Oh hill. Jesus! See what happens. Come now, come now. This is a cultured podcast. <laughs> um, uh, so so 
somebody, I think it was Carlo, said that it felt very 1950s. Maybe it was Chris. I'm sorry. Or maybe it was Pete. Those are the three <laughs> options, unless I said it and I've forgotten. Um, I think that was very much intentional, um, mm. that it was written in in that in that way. Because there's a lot of this that feels very intentionally ev- evoking that kind of like that kind of like Cold War era sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think perhaps at time so so like we just read the Velt, right? And like the conversations between Maddie and I don't even remember what the name of her of her uh, cuckold husband was. Uh, Bill? Bill, maybe. Yeah, it seems plausible. That's a good 1950s name. There, <laughs> there were parts of that that were that that reminded me of like the conversations between the husband and wife in uh in the Velt, um, or at least like the relationship be- between them of that kind of like weird dom that weird That's uncanny 1950s reference. domesticity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and it, yeah, it felt it felt intentional, but it 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 also felt like sometimes when you when you pastiche something, you do it a little bit too well, and you kind of bring along some of the stuff that's clunky about it, along with the stuff that like is like, oh yeah, that's what this is like. And and to me, that that definitely felt like to to your to your point, Pete. I was like, I feel like this doesn't need to be about a husband and wife, uh, like pair, which is a very like nineteen fifties sci fi, uh. Uh, concept mm. to do mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I i agree with you like uh i i do believe it's completely intentional i mean let's let's face it like the minute like i was sitting there going like wait why so we have like sagan and some like real life people and then we have gregor samson and seth brundle from the fly and i'm like wait why are these two guys that are related to bugs oh never mind yeah. <laughs> fictional mm. characters that are related to bugs okay never mind yeah i, I mean it's it's all intentional <clears throat> It's just simply, I, to a certain degree, I think, um, to your point, Kurt, I feel like uh, some of it is used or deployed in ways that uh, are 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 ways to do shorthand, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, like I don't need to worry about you know what what are Carl Sagan's motivations because. Carl Sagan is a regular as a as a public figure is already in my mind and like like you've already done several times I would immediately start to read the dialogue <laughs> and think that I was hearing it in his own voice. <laughs> the Mr. spaghetti public humans are a disease. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I feel like there's a lot of that that Strauss is using. Um, I mean, he's using it to to good enough effect, but uh, you know, like, and this is a nitpick of of mine because maybe because I've been writing long enough that you can sort of start to see if it's not hidden well enough some of the stitching, and you go, oh, that's okay. So he's going to go this direction, okay. Mm. And and that's that's my own curse. <laughs> that's my yeah. own burden, if you will. So. So I did not I did not expect the uh the so so, so the plot kind of proceeds in this very um kind of Arthur C Clarke like teasing out of scientific ideas way uh that I was honestly getting a little bit frustrated with there's a lot of conversations between guys that I imagine as being as being dressed like IBM science like 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 <laughs> IBM like researchers or middle managers those guys who who look like defense from uh, falling down they're yeah, they're, they're, they're wearing pocket like perfectors yeah 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 yeah, yeah short yeah. sleeve short, button up short shirts. sleeve white button button down shirt and a black tie <laughs> carrying yeah, a briefcase yeah. and they're like well what if we did this with the with the PDP 151 oh well no we should use the D slam and, and and those are all real things but like like they they, they mentioned the uh the slam was this kind of concept for for like a nuclear powered missile like there's there, there's a lot of cool like you know jet, jet age ephemera that that crops up in this but i i was getting a little bit annoyed i was like give me a character with some humanity to them other than carl sagan i love carl mm. sagan i'd read a story about just about Car- you know carl sagan well, eating meatballs poisoned or otherwise <laughs> um, he, he he shot himself in the foot here because there's there's three categories of people in this this story and they are people who have been uh infected by alien monstrosities um 
famous people from the past <laughs> and boring people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, like I, like Carl Sagan is a known quantity. He even says billions and billions. And so you're like, ah, oh, it's Carl Sagan doing his Carl Sagan thing. But the, the other people are very thinly drawn. Um, the Soviets were probably the best drawn because they were like, hey, it's me, Soviet Union man, you know, a uh, brother communist. We are going to other country to, you know, th- th- <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that worked well enough, <laughs> even though there were times that I, I was kind of like chuckling to myself a little bit about, <laughs> sure, you know, <laughs> in Soviet Union, termites colonize you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> um but yes yes you're you're right like the 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 people who weren't who weren't uh either bugmen or, or 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 you know Carl Sagan it was like well this is this is a boring person i don't really care <laughs> yeah. about them yeah my god kurt you you just made me think of arthur c clarke and this is this is if you uncatamaried rendezvous with rama and flattened it all out <laughs> Because mm-hmm. they even had like, I, and also he has like these weird uh, little uh, things where it's like he has a a nod to like the Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's Rushmore. Yeah. Oh my God, they did it! Those <laughs> crazy bastards <laughs> with, with a giant ant head on, which is <laughs> awesome. like a giant, <laughs> uh, like a giant mantis so, or whatever. I, 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 and this might be taking the conversation a different way, but I, I, I think what I, I appreciate about Strauss is that he isn't afraid to have like a, a goofy sense of humor in the in these stories, which are otherwise you know like about serious like like nuclear Armageddon and stuff like that. Uh, like for example, like the you know the, like you said that the Planet of the Apes reference with the the giant man head, uh, and then like what I I really enjoyed um, the sections that starts out with like um, Yuri Gagarin as like a, the 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 you know the Soviet Star Trek where they were that like, was cool yeah I yeah, liked yeah. that. Yeah, I, I like that gag um, and other other things like that. And like, you know, the, the, the playfulness of naming the, the the guys who are infected with bugs, uh, Gregor Samson and, you know, Seth Brundle. Like, yeah, like that, that kind of playfulness. I, I, I really appreciate in his stories. Have you ever um, have you ever um, known an insect politician? I would be the first insect diplomat. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this, is, this is just the B movie. <laughs> it's the termite movie. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so I did not see coming the twist that everyone was termites and the termites were running things. <laughs> um, and, and that's, I, my opinion of the story increased somewhat when it, when it became clear that everyone was, was dancing puppet like to the to the music of the termites um mm. i well it I wasn't it wasn't just the termites uh don't forget it it was also like the um fungus like like yeah, yeah there was a gigantic rhizomal network underneath the 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 surface of the disc and you know everything on there was basically that was the intelligence like yeah. everything was intelligent it, it, yeah it, it was essentially this kind of like um existential conflict between individuals like human individuality and animal collectivism effectively is 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 kind of what it in the end comes down to kind of taking Mm. that taking that that like cold war view of like you know the collectivist soviet union versus the individualist america um and and blowing it up to be like well well really all human they, they they even specify you know social humans versus you social animals like like a- animals where cooperation is fundamental to their existence as opposed to humans who like to gather in groups but but ultimately are still kind of individuals they're not they're not a hive um as much as the termites refer to us as as one and i know i know i'm just referring to them all as termites i prefer it that way it's funnier to me it's mm-hmm. fine oh uh, you know 
What one of the things that I think is oh my god, did I do that thing where I started talking and I didn't know what I was gonna say? Fuck, that is terrible. <laughs> a termite um, wouldn't have done that, I'm just saying. A termite would not have done that. Well, I mean, a big part of what's going on here, well, okay, one thing I wanna say is if uh in some ways this is sort of like a a reset of what a battle for the galaxy would be like. You take all the species occurring across the galaxy and you dump them all this Alderson disc multiple times and then you see what happens. Mm -hmm. And the individual species, i.e. us and other primates, get wiped out like immediately. And like, I fair enough, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think we're very well equipped, but in the situation we are now, assuming we don't nuke ourselves to shit and insanely assuming there's some way to travel to other star systems. Mm -hmm. I would just like to go on record to say the math is probably different. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. I'm, I, I, I have great faith in the human ability to fuck things up. <laughs> well, that was, so uh, I'm glad you, you, you pointed that out, Pete, because I, uh, to a certain extent, after <laughs> let's put it this way, after everything that we've all here on this particular pod site episode gone through in the last couple of years, oh the fact God. that everything here got as far as it went without a hitch and without anything bad happening mm. or someone fucking it up before they found the, the Soviet Rushmore with the ant head or whatever, <laughs> which, um, which is an amazing technological achievement. They, they like floated in a goddamn boat for 140,000 kilometers. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yes. With no one, with no one like deciding to mutiny or do anything oh. like N nothing it, it it all goes off without a hitch and 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 i mean to a certain extent it, it's it's a it's a different it was written in 2006 so i guess it's a different time or whatever even from now well, uh i've read about this thing they had back then called optimism <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so so let's you know we're 45 minutes in so let's 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 kind of get towards the uh, the denouement, where it becomes clear that this is this this whole process. But basically, the 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 alien power is these these collectivist species, the the fungus among us, and the the termites, and so on and so forth. And they are the powers behind the termite infested throne, and they're the ones who moved who who unspooled the earth in in whatever capacity they they did it and they're basically running an experiment to uh to for for some purpose it's not entirely clear to me it seems like they it seems like they 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 they're kind of experimenting on mammals slash maybe they want to exterminate them slash maybe they they kind of want to see if they improve or learn to do better but they also maybe just want to expand their own species it's it, well, it wasn't clear to me one one of the arguments is that the the outside group that created this you know like they've reached the star trek energy being stage right and the these um the these alderson discs are like picture books of their childhood mm. Mm. oh interesting Oh, so the, it, they're scrapbooking. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so obviously the universe is being run by a 40 year old mom. <laughs> so, so ultimately um, they, they, they poison Carl Sagan because he's, he's, he's too clever basically. Like he, he immediately says, well, let's, let's contact the other discs that we can see are out there with our radio telescopes. Um, and they're like, oh, fuck, we can't, we can't let him do that. Um, so they poison him with meatballs. Uh, and then well, to be fair, the CIA did this too. Yes. Yes. In the what, story, you mean, Carl right? Sagan? No, no, I, Carl Sagan was assassinated. There's no question. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he had cancer. Uh, so, so they say. So, mm. so Pete, you say this, but um, there is a, a rather credible uh, theory that 
Roberto Clemente was assassinated because he was on a plane with somebody that the CIA went off. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, it exploded right off the coast of Puerto Rico, like during takeoff. Wow. Um, and there, there's a there's a a theory amongst a lot of Puerto Ricans that uh, he he got he got whacked not because they wanted him, but because he was just too close to somebody else. Wow. Mm. Like physically too close to somebody else on the plane. I, anyway. I I instantly believe this. By the way, now, <laughs> yeah. I mean it, that, it only makes I, sense. I, I, I just, I just, I, I just uh, am am also covering for for Kurt going like really because <laughs> the minute like we've we've learned way too much in the last couple of years. I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah. I it seems plausible. If you told me that it all actually was termites all the way down, I'd be like, all yeah. right, well, that's you know. So okay, I'm looking sure. at his Wikipedia page. And there is a section, and I don't even know who this guy is, and I'm offended. There's a section called Charity Work and Death. But there's also a section called Canonization Effort. Hmm. <laughs> this, this man has a very interesting uh, Wikipedia uh, uh, table of contents. There is a <laughs> lot going on here. <laughs> um, so so ultimately, the, uh, the termite... Um, God kings trigger a nuclear war um, between the humans on the disc. And the implication is this has happened before. It will happen again. Uh, Grieger, Samsa, and uh, the Brundlefly will um, will will ba- are, are, have basically like uploaded their their selves back into the hive mind, and they will be reborn as new versions of themselves with most of their memories. Um, but to your point about optimism, it ends on what I think is probably a reference to the Tom Lehrer song, Poisoning Pigeons in the Park, uh, with, because it, it would be period appropriate um, to to kind of the the oeuvre of, of this particular uh, piece. Uh, uh, Grieger Samsa is is back in the park from the beginning as the rockets streak in and, and you know, the apocalypse is about to recur. Uh, and, and he says, you know, he's, he's enjoying feeding the pigeons and he mentions, you know, he didn't even soak the, the bread for the pigeons in a 5% warfare in solution <laughs> this time, which, which is basically like, like a, it's like a blood thinner. So it would cause mm-hmm. like massive, massive internal bleeding. Jesus. Um, and, <laughs> and, but, and, and so he's, he's kind of like thinking fondly of humans and, and others and being like, you know, maybe they'll get it right next time. And he's, he's kind of sad about, about having to, uh, to, to slip, to slip Carl Sagan, the old spicy ball. <laughs> yeah. so, hey, that's a spicy I, meatball. Uh. I one thing I want to talk about here is that uh, Strauss was very specific about what the what the fungus and the termites thought humanity's flaw was, and that was uh, oh shit, what is the term? It's 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 the it's the embrace of 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 revelation in the rapture. What is the term for that? eschatology yes yeah we're eschatological which makes us incredibly fucking dangerous Mm. and and like that like the biggest thing about us wasn't that we're adults or that we'll flip nukes at each other it's that we are uh we're ultimately dangerous and must be disposed of before we start doing crazy shit Mm -hmm. building our own god Mm. But but you know to to me and and granted I'm sure this is kind of part of the criticism of this is this is inherent within the story I don't think that the termites are meant to be an impartial an impartial adjudicator of humanity clearly <laughs> um, but but I I I mean they're the ones who have created the infinite Grieger Samsa Brundlefly loop to to continuously assassinate Carl Sagan. Uh, if you want to talk yes. about building gods, I I mean they kind of seem to be doing the same thing that we are. Uh, it's just that they're a little bit better at it, and they've they they had about a million year head start, uh, so, as they say, and and they and they've also become sufficiently acclimated to their own sort of situation. So that it doesn't feel like they they are their own. You know, they're they're not necessarily yes. both, uh, uh, like uh, uh, suffering their own apotheosis or whatever. You know, go, undergoing, I should say, not suffering. So but, two uh, things yeah. I want to say here that that definitely relate to what's going on. But like uh, Adam, you can cut these. Uh, the first is 
One of the things I think about when I read this story is that my parents were about like over the course of all this stuff going on were from the ages of like 25 to, uh, to 35. Like no matter how this plays out, they were in this. Like I arguably mm. wasn't because the whole, the whole, whatever, wh- whatever the alien technological gods did happen before I was born. But my parents are definitely dealing with this shit. Mm. And the other thing is, we talk a lot about Chewie on this podcast. He is, in fact, the fifth member. But I do have another dog in this house, the lovely and talented Princess Leia. And Princess Leia has donated a gift to the pod. Mm. Uh, She wandered up to me. She dropped a murdered possum covered in fleas at my feet and (laughs) wandered off. (laughs) Well, she wants uh, Peach. Obviously, she has uh, an alternate uh, ruling uh, entity, which is the flea people uh, instead of the termite people. (laughs) She's fucking sulking right now because I'm not playing with the possum. She's she's (laughs) writing this gift on this day of your daughter's wedding. (laughs) She's like... I worked all day on the possum and you don't want it. I've been slaving all day over a hot possum. And this is the a hot dead I possum. Get. What yes. they don't understand is that they're, they're going to get a chemical bath immediately after this because I am not having fleas in this goddamn house. Oh. I, I mean, I mean, if you did, they might start ki- trying to build some sort of. Uh, hyper complex society that can that can survive yeah. nuclear war and and uh, and uh, poison Carl Sagan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and they clearly have to murder me because what if I try and build my own god? That can't That's be allowed. Right. <laughs> I, I like that there were. Uh, sorry, it just random random thought that I was. Oh, struck do you really from... think you were interrupting something there, Chris? Go nuts. <laughs> that that um, n- not only like it's not just us versus like the those the termites. There's there's like other like aliens coming up behind them too. Uh, include like the like the the what are they called the the mock termites or whatever that were starting to build get their mm-hmm. own consciousness and and developing you know they were feeding the queen with the wooden spoons and all that kind of stuff yep (laughs) sorry (laughs) no no that's legit i well i am grateful that you guys guys took the risk and read this with me i know that um we're all coming at this from different angles because that they like we've got a couple of people here who are genuine writers and I am largely just a consumer, like mm-hmm. I'm a book pig. Same here. And well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And and I like uh, Strauss holds a special place for me. But I also think, like in my list of writers who are going to stand the test of time through a literature standpoint, like that's not even what he's trying to do. Like I'm perfectly mm. comfortable saying that nobody is ever going to like say Strauss, Dostoevsky. Uh, pension like that's not happening mm-hmm. yeah there's a there's a real pulpiness to this that that um if if it wasn't there like if there were any degree of pretense to this story i think i would be a lot harsher towards it because to be perfectly honest i i don't i don't really care for strauss's prose very much i didn't think very much of it but but that's fine because like it's just kind of like a fun wacky story and it's got some big weird ideas and and on unlike for for instance you mentioned larry niven earlier and that's a good comparison point because i think larry niven who i always confuse with david niven by the way which is very <laughs> very, very, funny. Kurt, very weird Kurt, confusion uh, to me you 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 and i both don't worry about it <laughs> um I'm like man that guy did did ring world end all this stuff man that's incredible <laughs> um, it, but, like there is a degree of pretense to larry niven um, where you read his his stuff, which is kind of schlocky trash, to be perfectly honest with it's of like course it is. it's like trash with a couple big weird ideas. And and if those big weird ideas don't impress you, like for instance, if if it's the year of our Lord 2022 and you've played 800 different Halo games and you read Wing World, you're not gonna be like, Whoa, what if there's a world shaped like a big rig? You know, you're not, <laughs> you're not gonna lose your shit over it. Uh the way you might Do you have think in he's God, what was mad that, 1971. Um if he is good, because he did he has fucking terrible politics from what I remember. 
Um, he's a libertarian. Yeah, he's a he he he's a kook. So that's that's fine. He can he can take his ring and fucking choke on for all I care. Uh, but um, but but like it, it, there there is a degree of pretense to that where it's like oh, I'm writing real science fiction and 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 Strauss is writing real science fiction, but he's also kind of like having fun with it and he's he knows he's yes. writing kind of goofy goofy golden age pastiche and like i get what he's i get what he like i'm picking up what he's putting down it's not my preference i've been reading lay bracket recently and that's much more my speed for 1950s golden age stuff because it's that weird like ray bradbury style like i don't know very dreamlike evocative prose that's all over the place and is smashing these like weird literary like mid-century literary concepts together with with sci-fi stuff um, and it's 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 emphatically not that this is almost like you you mentioned like it kind of has almost like a new wave sensibility and it yeah it's like it's like a proto new wave sensibility, but it, but it's fun and it's not it's not setting out to be super meaningful it's setting out to be a cool story about Carl Sagan and termites and Yuri Gagarin and stuff and I have my criticisms of and it, it, it it's not the sort of thing that I, I would want to read for eight for eight hundred pages but for you know eighty or ninety pages I'm perfectly happy to read it and I enjoyed it. So, three stars. <laughs> okay. Guys, three, we have three we termite have, abdomens way, way up. <laughs> we have, uh, we're going to have five seconds left. Let's give them as a moment of silence to Boris Johnson. Yeah, totally kidding. Like, he should choke to death on like a bundle of dicks. But, uh,. Uh, he should, I, he should he should he should trip, fall face first into an English breakfast, and drown. Oh, indeed! Like by in the, the fucking beans. In, Go ahead, Kurt. By the time that this episode has come out, we three, four, we four will have met in person, all That's together, right. and listened to cool music in weird lights and hopefully there will be lots of other people there and not and we'll, just we'll the four have, of us <laughs> we'll have activated we'll each have activated our power rings yes. I was just gonna say <laughs> we were gonna find out what happened Captain when we press Pod our rings side. together <laughs> oh, you know what happens we're gonna press all our rings together it's gonna be a flash of light and it's just fucking Connor there <laughs> <laughs> He's Captain Potside. Oh my god! <laughs> I am so excited, you guys. Like I get to see you within within a week. That mm-hmm. is so cool. Yes. Yep. And and I suppose some of our fans. I guess that'll be. Nice. I wish I weren't organizing this because I'm having like a constant low grade. I, I'm having like a five percent panic attack and will be for the next week. But it's but it's fine. There's like. I've split myself into two Kurt's. There's the Kurt that's organizing the event and the Kurt that's attending the event. And the Kurt that's <laughs> attending is excited. The one that's organizing it is a little bit panicked. <laughs> well, yeah, he, Kurt, you, you you found the multiplicity uh, uh, technology. That's actually. right. That's right. Unfortunately, um, whereas in multiplicity, I think it's it's only like the clone of of the clone that's like the stupid one. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> all, all my clones are stupid. They didn't have that much to work with to begin with. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You can't lose with us, King, for the record. Excellent. I am I am looking forward to that. Uh Kurt, to to your point, I think I'll be I am perfectly calm. Uh probably mm-hmm. about 48 hours before um uh, taking a train mm. uh to go to go to the event to Knife Fest. Knife Fest. <laughs> Sometimes it's knife, sometimes it's knife-er, and sometimes you just got to go the knifest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'm going, folks. Uh, I'll be taking a train there, but 48 hours beforehand, I'll be running around in a panic because I haven't packed a goddamn thing yet. <laughs> Do pack, anyway. pack one thing, and that's that's cool sunglasses or shoes that light up. That's my recommendation mm. to you, and you will be on point. I am going to go online and try to find some shoes that light up. Because I want to wear them. Okay. There. Um, I am going to take this trash bag full of dead fucking possum <laughs> and throw it out of my house. <laughs> All and, right. And well, uh, and and what what's going to happen to Boris Johnson after you do that? 
<laughs> oh, hey, the, hey, the possum hey, has better hair, dude. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we stop, uh, I have a new article out uh, about uh, the ones who walk away from Omalas and a couple of its uh, response stories. It's kind of a companion piece to a an episode of Right Good that Carlo and I did uh, a couple months back uh, with the excellent Raquel S. Benedict uh, over on the that podcast. The most dangerous, the most the dangerous, dangerous woman, woman in speculative fiction. Um, I, I, I think any kind of fiction personally at that, I, I mean, I mean, who else is she, com- you know, like competing with, Chris so Carlos, actually, I guess I have one note for you about that article. Dude. All right. Good night, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead. You should have called it it Omalussy. Oh, I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I don't and, like the sound of that no, at all. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I reject reality and substitute my own. It, it, it's who a good thing you o- can't see who my face, Who wants walked away from? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, well. that's over on Blood Knife. You can go to bloodknife.com.net slash org slash bloodknife.com. Sometimes the Omalasi is so problematic, you just got to walk <laughs> away, man. She, she's a 10, but she walks away from Omalasi. <laughs> no. St- okay, stop. Okay, that's it, folks. <laughs> we're, closing, we're closing this episode down. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, Pete, thanks for the recommendation. Uh, yeah. And everyone listening in, we'll catch you next time here on Podside.